0: Monday. Welcome to another episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. So today's episode, I think this is going to be relatable to everyone. If this is not relatable to you, please message me and tell me your fucking secret. Tell me, maybe you're just devoid of all emotion. I don't know. But anyway, I feel that this is a topic that we've all been there at least once. And the topic today is embarrassing clownery embarrassing attention seeking behavior that we have employed to get the attention of someone that we're crushing on someone that we're into someone who we want to notice us or someone who we want to like us more or someone we're in a situationship with having casual sex and we want more love i feel like we've all been there As I say, if you haven't, I mean, God bless you. You are a special human. But for the rest of us clowns, I want to talk about why we do it and the feelings behind it to try to prevent us from ever doing it again. And the reason that I chose today's topic is because I got reminded the other day by Snapchat. Once a year they do this to me. You know, you get these memories. I don't even use Snapchat anymore, only for filters for my Instagram. But every day, they tell me, this is what you were doing this time in 2013. And once a year, they decide to remind me, with those memories that pop up on my phone, that I was once the absolute queen of clowns. Once a year, Snapchat memory shows me a video that I posted on Snapchat with a squirrel filter singing hopelessly devoted to you from Greece specifically the part that says my head is saying full forget him my heart is saying don't let go and you you know, it wasn't even in my normal voice i was actually singing i mean singing with all my fucking might but because there was a squirrel filter on I was singing like a fucking chipmunk. Just to have a listen to how bad this was. Did you hear that noise in the middle of it? That that was nuts falling down, because obviously I was a fucking squirrel. And whilst singing, I was also collecting nuts... I mean, I I, I can't, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know what was wrong with me. I can't, I I genuinely can't fathom why I could have possibly thought that that was a good idea. Because if he'd have done that, I'd have called the fucking police. I'd have got the ick so badly. Why couldn't I apply that to myself? My head was saying, fool, forget him. And my heart was saying, don't let go. Actually, it wasn't even my heart, to be honest. It was my limerence, but I didn't know what that was back then. So why didn't I just say that to him directly, instead of trying to create a character on Snapchat to convey the information for me? Why didn't I understand that if I have to reach out for his attention in this extremely obscure way, that it's a bad sign? My fear of rejection was so strong, I couldn't bear to reach out to say how I felt because I couldn't cope with him not replying or messaging and discovering that I'm blocked. So communicating indirectly and hoping for an interaction resulting from that felt like the safest way to do it. I couldn't reach out, but I wanted him to, and I would have done anything to make him do that, no matter how cringe. Anyway, because I feel like it helps people to see how you can progress from a clown to someone who runs from red flags faster than you can say, my ex is crazy, I decided to post the Snapchat video on my Instagram. Once again, sacrificing my ability to ever be fancied by a man again to help you lot. And then I started a thread about the embarrassing things that people have done to get the attention of others to make myself feel better. Because if I'm posting my clownery on my Instagram to quarter of a million people, then obviously I need to also know that many of those quarter of a million people have also been part of a circus just like me. And honestly, it did make me feel better to be reminded that I wasn't the only clown in the circus and that so many of us have employed absolutely ridiculous tactics to try to get noticed by or get a reply from the people that we're into. A lot of this is based on limerence. And as always, if you don't know what that is, listen to my limerence podcast. Limerence is infatuation. It means you cannot stop thinking about the person, no matter how many red flags there are. It makes you act in ways that are completely out of character. You know how embarrassing you're being, but there is a strong voice in your ear telling you to do it anyway because it might just work. All you want when you're limerent is contact from the other person. It dictates your mood for the day. A positive good morning message gives you a spring in your step. Another day of no replies leaves you with extreme anxiety, unable to concentrate on anything else. A lot of these behaviours are more common when we're younger. High school crushes generate a lot of clownish limerent behaviour. A lot of things like walking or cycling up and down past their house or knocking on the door, pretending you've sprained your ankle. Someone said in the thread that she used to put on an elaborate performance every other day after school, pretending that she'd just lost her house key so that her school crush, who she walked home with, would invite her in. And every time she did it, he just left her locked out. Limerence makes you forget the fact that some of these behaviours will actually make them think you're insane. How could he fancy a girl who could not keep hold of her keys for more than 24 hours? But you don't think about that kind of stuff when you're doing it. Teen crush behaviour does tend to lessen, and a lot of us do learn how to control ourselves as we get older. But anyone of any age can become a limerent clown, as my thread highlighted. So let's have a look at some of the things that my followers sent in, for examples of limerent behaviours, and let's analyse them a little bit. Accidental clownery. So this is a theme that I really relate to. This person says, I accidentally text him saying, thanks for a great night, when I hadn't been with him that night. I'd been home all evening. Another one says, I accidentally, accidentally sent her a blank audio on WhatsApp so that she'd message to ask what it was. There were so many examples of accidental calls and texts, but I completely get the thinking behind it. I have literally sat there like, he hasn't messaged me for 48 hours, let me send a text like, hey babe, lunch today was really great, can't wait to see you for your birthday next week knowing full well that I'm sending it to him I know what I'm doing but I'm thinking well if he's not messaging me maybe he's going to message back to this and there's actually nothing worse than if you do send an accidental call or text and them not replying then you've just made yourself look like an absolute banana for no apparent reason deciding to accidentally text or call someone rather than actually texting them or calling them is a real sign of fear fear of rejection fear of finding out that it's over because there's no reason not to actually just text or call and say what you're thinking say what you want to say i want to hear from you i want to see you say it but the reason we don't say it is because we're scared that that will be the end we're scared that they'll say that they don't share the same feelings and the worst thing is that their behavior has already shown us that they don't share our feelings we already know If we thought they shared our feelings, we'd just be ringing them and not employing these silly games. Deep down, we know. The problem with limerence is that even though you know, deep down, there is something inside you telling you that there might be a way to get this back. Limerence makes you turn negatives into positives. It gives you this really crazy sense of hope and it makes you read meaning into things. So if this person has been breadcrumbing you, which means giving you little bits of attention just to keep you there, you know, the occasional sporadic message, but not regular frequent replies, you will take their little crumbs of communication as meaning that they can't get enough of you, but they're just shy or going through some shit. And that will be enough to convince you to keep trying one more time. Do not do accidental texts. They're obvious, they will know what you're doing, and it's just embarrassing. If you cannot ring or text them just naturally, that is your sign to block, delete, move on. Making them jealous, clownery. The first one says, I changed my best friend's number to a man's name and got her to call me when I was with him. Another one said, I got left on blue ticks so I got majorly glammed up and posted a load of stories saying date night when I wasn't going anywhere. This is that absolutely classic thing of like, let's make them like me by making them think they have some competition. Oh, I've definitely fucking done this one before. Really tried to make a man think that I have some other man on my case, an absolutely imaginary man but definitely thought the idea of another man being on my case would spark a man who's treating me like shit into action. I don't know what the hell could have ever made us think that that was a good idea. And of course, in some cases, jealousy might push someone who already has feelings to want to fight harder for their relationship or their person. But generally... More commonly, making the person you're interested in think that you're involved with others will just put them off. It will make them think that they're in the friend zone. They'll probably assume you're not into them. For most men, it will be a turn-off, a sign of disinterest from you. The only men that it might work on are guys who are competitive and ego-driven, and you really do not want them anyway. Most of the time, they will also likely see through your games and that will make you look silly. It comes across as childish. And it is because it's another example of simply not communicating maturely, not saying how you really feel, going around the houses to get their attention rather than just boldly being clear about your feelings. If you ever feel that the only way that you'll spark someone into action is by showing them that there are other men in your life, then you'd be better off actually going and getting some other men in your life. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wendt. And I'm Rick Schwartz. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Pretending you're an idiot clownery. This one says, I pretended I didn't know how to change a light bulb. Another one said, I pretended to be stupid about a field that I have a first class degree in. Another said, gave myself a flat tyre so that he would come and help me. He didn't. Oh, (laughs) And again, I've done shit like this before, like pretending to be an absolute fucking idiot, pretending not to know things, being really excited. I remember something broke in my house, like an electrical point. Actually, it was really quite serious, but I was so happy because it gave me an excuse to contact this electrician that I was seeing. You know, I would have probably broken something, you know? Maybe if I was seeing a fireman, set fire to something in my fucking house just so that I could have an excuse to be like, hey, I I need you, it's an emergency. This limerent behaviour is designed to appeal to the masculine need to rescue your little woman. And, you know, there is something in this that works. There is. It's so stupid and so unfeminist and very gender binary. But men often do like feeling needed and useful. They like being given manly tasks. Some of them like to feel intellectually superior and masculine. It's probably not a great sign for a relationship that you may have with them, but it is definitely something that can work. The damsel in distress thing is a tried and tested way of getting attention, but not if you're a clown in distress. There's a difference. The problem here is that with things like pretending not to know how to change a light bulb and acting like you know nothing about your field of expertise means that they will genuinely think you're sick you may well put them off entirely when they realise that you can't actually even cross the road or tie your own shoelaces without assistance. That is the impression you are creating if you're like, "Mm, I don't know how to open my fridge. You know what I mean? We should not be using these ones to try to get their attention because you're not showing them your true bright self. If your stupidity and helplessness does appeal to them, then they're being attracted to a false reality. If we have to go to these lengths to make someone want to be in our presence, then we need to continually remind ourselves that they probably don't really want to be in our presence. Think about the times when you've been into someone. Would they have needed to create a fake scenario to get your company? No fucking way. Never ever create fake disasters or pretend to be anything other than who you are. Bending over backwards clownery. First one says, took up running, did a whole fucking marathon and he still didn't ask me out. The next one's even worse. She said, I started smoking so that I could be in the smoking area with him at work. Another one, which many of us have fucking done, is repeatedly answered his calls for lifts and sex at 2am, always to be kicked out the next morning. And the last one says, helped him to cement his driveway to spend time with him. These are all examples of going out your way, bending over backwards, inconveniencing yourself just for any opportunity to have them around. Keeping whole weekends free just in case they contact you. And often they don't. Shaving and getting prepped with waxes and blow dryers and whatever, just in case they contact you last minute on a Friday night. There's something so painful about compromising yourself so much for someone who absolutely would not do the same for you. And it's soul-destroying because you can't even say, I shifted everything around for you so that I could see you. You can't say it because they didn't ask you to. You took it upon your limerent self to bend over backwards, start smoking, running marathons, doing fucking all sorts when they would never give you the same energy. (laughs) we have to remember very clearly that when someone is interested you will likely know about it look how you behave when you want someone look at our behavior look at our behavior how we behave when we want someone they're the same If you are currently in a situation where the only way of generating their interest is through games and clownery, then you need to recognise where you stand and step back. You need to nip limerent behaviour in the bud, unless they are coming with the same limerence. And if you're both as limerent as each other, you will know, you will feel it if they are. And that's the best circumstance, then you can just run off into the sunset together. But if they are being very limerent and coming with this type of shit, it will probably put you off. Think about the times when someone has been limerent for you. You can definitely feel it. You know when an excuse has been used to contact you. Always remember that they know too. Your games will likely be obvious to them. When you get the urge to engage in some buffoonery, stop and tell yourself that this is limerence. Send the message to your mate or write it in notes. Do anything other than embarrassing yourself in the name of the pursuit of love. And I feel like I would need to end this with this entry that was sent in by a follower on the thread about embarrassing behaviour and I am not sure... ...whether there was a typo... ...but this one said... ...I sent him a postcard... ...saying sorry for your loss... ...and addressed it from my anus... ...and his mum found it. I don't know what's happened here... ...and how it went so terribly wrong... ...but don't... ...don't ever do the... I... I, Do you know what was confusing me about this one? Was what could the typo have been? Does she mean that genuinely... Someone in his family died. She's wrote a card saying, Dear Gary, I've, I've heard about your auntie dying. I'm so sorry for your loss. Love from my bumhole or love from my anus, my asshole. Did, was she doing that as a kind of like, please remember my asshole? You've been in it and you loved it at the time. I don't know. Is that the. Or. Oh my God! I, so, I am I thick? I've just had a penny drop moment. You probably all realised this from the fucking start. I genuinely thought that someone in his family had died, and she was just being a prat about it. No, she's actually sent him a postcard from her bum hole saying sorry for your loss because he's lost her bum. And his mum found it. Oh, dear. Oh, well, she's not going to want to be your mother-in-law, is she? Whatever has happened here, don't do that. Don't, don't send condolence cards from your anus. And that is it. So if you relate to this, you are my people. You are absolutely my gang, and I love you. And even though we have embarrassed ourselves in the past, it's absolutely OK. Because we've got each other now. And it's a community, a community of clowns, and I, or ex-clowns, because I wouldn't do this shit anymore. Although I say that, who knows? Let's see. I'll never say never, but it's very, very unlikely that I'd do this shit again. Anyway, let's talk about it on my page. Send me a DM if you relate. Let's have a discussion. And I will see you again on Wednesday for more Agony Aunt stuff. I hope you've enjoyed it. La la la. Let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. Buenos dias, world from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. and I'm Rick Schwartz, and we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.